the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, Episode 73. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Good morning. It's truly morning today. (laughs) It feels like nighttime here. (laughs) It's like pitch black. Pitch black. And we've never recorded a podcast this early before. I don't think we have, but I'm kind of liking it. I know. Is your house just all asleep? Yes. Yes. Well, husband's gone because he he leaves. He leaves very early for work. But um, but yeah, the kids are still snug as bugs. (laughs) So it's sound asleep. A little after five here. I thought I set my alarm last night, and I'm using this new thing on my phone. This is so boring, but all I did was move like to track my sleep. I didn't change the alarm. And I needed to wake up at four today. And I woke up at 430 is when I think I texted you. But my body woke up and was like, you need to get up. You have something to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm Yeah, really that's funny. I don't really oversleep anymore. I mean, you know, I'll sleep if I can sleep in, I'll sleep in. But um, if I have something to do or to get up for something, it seems like I don't oversleep anymore. I did the same thing. I had my alarm set, but I woke up right before the alarm went off. Yeah. Well, good. I was excited to get up today because I know you and I have been waiting a long time um, to chat with our our, um, our friend today. So real quick, I wanted to ask you that before we jump into the interview, um, what has been going on with you this week? What are you working on? What are you into? Um, I, well, I finished up my website pretty much. There's some more tweaks to do to it, but I finished up. So I've just been writing and reading and still enjoying summer. I'm th- mm. This is the f- first summer that I can remember, I don't know, with kids that I've really, truly enjoyed. And I almost a little, have a little shame around saying that, but it's, it's true. It's really true. And um, I have really enjoyed the summer. And I, I don't know if it's because we've just not done a lot. And that's just been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and we've taken a lot of pressure. I've taken pressure off of the summer that it needed to be a certain way and I needed to perform or, you know, I've taken all that pressure off and I've really enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah. And today's my son's birthday. And oh. so, yeah, he's 15 today. Awesome. And so I have some birthday activities to do today. And, um, and I've just been writing a ton, and I'm, and I'm just really enjoying the hell out of the summer. What about you? Yeah, same. I um, I have not traveled one place this summer on purpose. Um, I was very deliberate about that, but I'm feeling a little bit of cabin fever set in. And, yeah. Uh, I'm like, that. I don't really want to fly anywhere in light of um, what's been going on when I've been flying, the panic. But I... Um, but yeah, but I got out, I got out of the house on Sunday and I went down to Berkeley to go meet some sober ladies for tea at this Japanese tea house and, and journal. 
So it was like this awesome thing our friend Nikki set up, and she said, like, bring it. As soon as I read the email, I was like, Berkeley, that's too far, and I'm going to, you know, that's just going to be weird for me and with strangers. And she was like, but bring your pens and paints and your journal, and we can, you know, at this beautiful Japanese tea house. And she, like, set out all the expectations. I was like, well, I, I kind of want to do that. I want to sit and have tea and journal with some ladies. Um, and so that's what I did. And there was five of us and it was really lovely. Fun. That sounds like a really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I just finished summer school. And so that was the big thing that I did. I went to all the way to Berkeley, which is not, you know, it's an hour away from me. Um, in, in traffic, it takes a, a, can take a lot longer sometimes, but yeah. So I'm enjoying just that slower pace, just trying to like, um, not rush around everywhere and just get out to my studio. So it's been a really, a really good, uh, good slower pace this summer yeah I agree well we are so excited about yes. our guests today I'm gonna let you introduce uh kick off her bio yeah so I wanted to say this is our um for those of you listening I think our grand plan with this sober sister summer series that we created was to talk to some of our girlfriends people that we have been chatting with online that we feel like we know pretty well um, or want to get to know better like um, our guest today and we feel like um, we, we thought these might be shorter like you know just like a little girlfriend chat no that's not how it's worked out because we <laughs> love everybody so much we just want to chat 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 so um, so not a shorter format but we do feel like it's a more free flow free flowing format and that we're um we're getting to have just organic conversations and just seeing where it takes us. So it's been great. We've been getting great feedback and the ladies have enjoyed it as well. So, um, so that's what I just wanted to say. That's kind of what we're doing. And, um, I wanted to let you guys know that our guest today is Susan Sainsbury and Susan lives in the lull of the Catskill mountains in New York with her partner, Martin, their daughter, Kaylee, five cats and a pot bellied pig named Mary Margaret. They live in an old farmhouse that they're slowly fixing and repairing with the goal of opening a B&B. &B. And they're also busy creating flower and vegetable gardens so there is less lawn to mow. <coughs> Susan works. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> Susan works full-time as a caseworker for the elder population. She's also an artist um, who works with found objects, fabric, photos, paint, ink, and other materials. She studied sculpture at the Academy of Art College in San Francisco, woodworking at SUNY Delhi, and received her Bachelor's of Science interdisciplinary degree in creative studies and communication challenges from SUNY Empire College. That sounds like such a cool degree now that I'm reading that again. Okay. Susan is the founder of Fostering Art and Friendship. The organization offers free art workshops to children, art meetups for adults, and has plans to expand the program to local nursing homes to create an intergenerational-based program. She is fond of thrift shopping, fashion, reading, and the nature that surrounds her. Welcome, Susan. Hi. <laughs> How are you? You're good. I'm a little giddy this morning. I don't know. Maybe it's just yeah. because it's so early and I'm still drinking coffee, but I think it's because I'm talking to you. Yeah, I feel the same. <laughs> yeah, we are like girl crushing. We're so excited that uh, you're here, Susan. <laughs> we are. I am too. I am too. 
Well, um, so we should tell, so this is how we have been starting these off. We were just talking about like, maybe you could share how we came to know you or if you remember, and then we can, we'll, we'll, um, speak up if we, if we have something to interject, but, um, do you remember how we, how we all came to know each other? Um, I do remember Sandra, excuse me. Um, I, when I, when I stopped drinking, I went on, I was on, I listened to all the bubble hours and then I went on their, um, page, their private page, which had lots and lots of people. And I, I, Sandra found me there and we started. That's right. We did find each other there. About home, which, which kind of had more, um. It was a little smaller, so it was easier to connect with people. So I felt like I was in the ocean, and then a home kind of was a smaller group. And then we just um, realized we had a lot in common. And I think that's where I saw you, Tammy. That's how I kind of started to meet you. Was the home Uh, Facebook group? Yeah. And then one time we had a phone chat about glue. That's right. (laughs) We did have a phone chat about glue. Yes. (laughs) Well, Susan, I have to say, I think the first thing that attracted me to you was um, I had, I think I had just finished reading um, Just Kids by Patti Smith. And there was something about you. I mean, you're very, obviously very different than Patti Smith, but you, there was something about you there was like an edge to you that I was super attracted to. And it was just like immediately girl crush. And then of course I saw your art and your thrifting and all of that. And I was just like, Oh yes, (laughs) we could spend hours together. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, and Susan, you were so kind to let me, um, to do an interview for, um, my ray of light series. Yes. Which I was just new at doing and figuring out. But I think before that, we met through the recovery. I mean, we exchanged art through the Recovery Gals Art Exchange. The, yes. ver- the very first one, you were my partner. Yes, you were mine. I know. I have it right here. It's awesome. so amazing. I love what you made me. It's in my studio with me every day. Yeah. Yes. I have I have all of mine near my desk and work areas. So It's, it's such a great... Um, I mean, it was Sandra... Sandra asked if, if I wanted to join her in that endeavor, and um, it was inspired by her husband and his group that had done this art exchange. But it's really, it's really filled me up in a way that I didn't, I was not expecting. And so um, to exchange art with another person is a kind of a vulnerable thing, too. You're making it, you're putting it out there. Yes. Uh, but it's, I think it's just been this really beautiful exchange, and I love seeing the women exchange. And, like, yeah, I just, I think it's been a really... Um, I don't know. I'm so glad, Sandra, that you that you brought that up and that we forged ahead. It's a with good it. project, isn't it? Yeah, it's Very just much. growing and growing every time. It's so huh, it's so fun to watch. I enjoy uh, watching it actually almost even more than I enjoy participating in it. Although I love participating in it, I think I get a little bit of the pressure, like everybody does. That's like, yeah. oh, what I'm making, it might, oh, it's not good enough. And I, I was especially, because Susan, you and I exchanged too, and I like yes. really had some dark nights of the soul over my piece. <laughs> Whoa, no pressure. No pressure, anybody listening. Oh. <laughs> right? It's fun. Come on, everybody join in. Yeah. Um, you know, it was really important for me because it's it's um, 
it started, it helped me to start getting back to my work. And I was, it was random working and that really helped me to get, to get um, started. So that was really important for me. Did you? So it's, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, did you, um, so we see, I see pictures sometimes on the, on Instagram, like, but you, did you always have a studio in your home, Susan? Um, no, no, um, I, when we bought this house, I I had a, I finally had my studio. Um, I've always I've had smaller places, so I've had smaller rooms, and that was the first time I had like my studio. So it, it takes a while. So it takes a while, and um, yeah, so I finally have that. Well, it looks like a dream space. You know, it just yeah, looks like you I could mean, get lost in there. Yeah, I'm enchanted with your whole your whole setup, your house, <laughs> where you live. I love the cat skills. I just I'm gonna come see you someday. So yeah. I'm just gonna knock on your door and you're gonna be just surprised that I just showed up and That'll be fine. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna make a reservation at the B and B. You can know I'm coming. I'll I'm I'm yeah. I'm gonna have to that's me. That's I'm just gonna have to do that way. But Yes. Um, well, we want to hear about all of your creative endeavors. We have so many things okay. to ask you, but um, we thought we'd, we how we kick off the show normally is just so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit and um, know maybe how you came um, to the decision to quit drinking and, and what did that look like for you? Okay. Um, let's see. I, I have a daughter. I have, um, we're, um, in the process of adopting and, um, I wanted to be a good mom. And, um, so that was kind of the stepping stone. And, you know, it was never a, a blackout drinker. I was, I was an alone drinker. So, yeah. And, and, and sort of a binge drinker too. Um, you know, I'd have periods where I would drink a lot you know, even like a weekend and then stop. Um, so when everyone was asleep, that's sometimes, um, when I would drink and, um, it got, uh, it, it kind of grew. I mean, I found myself alone, um, and hiding beer and I thought, Whoa, that, this is a problem. And, um, at the so I kind of cut back, but I was seeing a therapist because I wanted to learn how to be, you know, I wanted to make sure I was being a good mom to, to my little girl. And, um, I saw, um, my therapist for, I think about a year and, um, it was pretty, we're getting pretty intense. Uh, she's, she, she retired recently, but she did EMDR, uh, therapy. So it was pretty intense. And, uh, you know, it dawned on me. I'm going to her, and I'm and I'm not telling her this big thing. So mm-hmm. I remember going in, and I was I was really nervous, but I knew I had to do it. And I went in, and I just said, "I have something to tell you." And she could tell by my face. I said, "I have a drinking problem," and um, she she immediately whipped out her notebook and said, "Wait a minute." You said you only have a glass of wine like one or two nights a week. Doesn't everybody say that? Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. That's yeah. your indicator right there. That's right. how she should have known. Yeah. So um, so she was like, I want you to do 30 days um, 
no drinking and go to AA. And I was like, no, absolutely. That was scary. It was like, what? I no drinking? Like, I, that's my. It felt like my buddy. You know, yeah. it was my friend. It was my relaxer. It's like, you, no. So I, I tried it, and then she said, "And you know what? I'm going to ask you at the end of 30 days." And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to do 30 more. So that's oh. kind of how it started. And and um, I the first time I started before the holidays. And, um, I didn't make it. Um, and then I started again on January 5th and I I haven't had a drink since, and that's been two and a half years. So did you, did you go to the AA or were you like, no, (laughs) no, I did. I went to a woman's group, which was great. Um, but it was, it was quite a ways, uh, away. Mm -hmm. And then I started to go to some local, uh, meetings here in Delhi. But uh, that hasn't quite stuck. I want to go, but I haven't made the time for it. Um, But, um, yeah, I I got serious about it. And, um, you know, I had to review my whole history. So um, real quick, let me ask you before you go there, Susan. So when you when you did that for the 30 days and Mm -hmm. and you didn't and you said you didn't last the first 30 days, but but but. Did you feel so different? Did you know that this was something? Um, You know, when I first started, when I first did it, no. I I basically, I I, I would say I white-knuckled it. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard. And I felt like I was really fighting against something. Um, and And it felt like I was giving up something that was valuable to me. So... Um, but the second time was, was different. That's kind of when I, I went online and I found podcasts and, and I, that's, that really was the game changer because I found the whole online community. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that, yeah. You started looking well, for you, tools. <clears throat> and you've never seemed to be the kind of person that's really complacent with your sobriety. I know you do a lot of work. You do a lot of therapy and you just, you, you really have worked on yourself a lot the last couple of years. Yes. Yes. Um, which is so key, which is like action. That's like the, that's like it in, in recovery, whatever it is, it does not have to be one modality over another. It's like, if you're doing something and you keep working, um, it seems to be, that's what, that's the people that it sticks for. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you realize, I think the second time it's, I realize I'm not, I'm not losing anything. Hmm. I'm gaining something. So that fear of losing that, that alcohol friend was, was gone. I mean, it was still, it's still a little, it's, it's never easy. Cause I, you know, I, that click, that light switch, mm-hmm. I, it's always there. Um, but I, I, I have no desire to drink. I'm just aware that that switch is in my head. The switch that could, if, if I were to turn it on that, you know, I would start drinking again. Right. It just fires up the phenomenon of craving again. I know. Yeah, I know. So on, so secret Facebook groups were, um, important to you in the beginning. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. That's where I, so I, I went off and on to meetings, but the, yeah, the face secret Facebook groups and the podcasts, I binged all 
all, you know, all of the sober podcasts. Yeah, I think that's like a little like if we wrote all these things down, it's so I was I was meeting with some gals on Sunday and they were, you know, one gal's like, I've read four drinking memoirs in the last week. <laughs> and it was uh-huh. like, there's like a little formula of things that we do in the beginning, you know, like, yeah, because we're so yeah. we we're soaking it up. We want to know other people that have had this experience and um, and, and just kind of desperate alone. for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. I have a friend that, um, she just, uh, she, she tried, uh, 12 step once. Um, it's, you know, she felt like it just didn't work with her or didn't mesh with her and, but she's not on Facebook and I'm like, okay, you, it, you have to find a community somewhere. Yes. If, whether it's online or in person, you have to find there has to be a community. You can't just be out on an island on unto yourself. Exactly. And I think that's that's why I failed at the first time, too, because I was I did feel alone and I wasn't um, I wasn't really open to AA. So, yeah, that's what I think. Um, the meetings, um, if people I think for me, this is just my opinion, but, you know, going to meetings doesn't keep you sober. I think getting a sponsor and working the 12 steps kind of helps people, you know, get on a path. But going to meetings is like the community part or finding another woman that you can ask a couple questions to or going to have coffee. Um, So it doesn't have to be the be all end all. Right. But I didn't know that. I was terrified Um, and I didn't want to be friends with anybody in there. Um, I didn't want to go to coffee with anybody in there. So um, it's just, I think I try to talk about this a little bit on here just so that people can know, like, you don't have to go and, and sign up. <laughs> you know, there's no sign up sheet that you have to go there. But I like that you just tried, right? And then you're like, hey, yeah. not for me. So then what's next? What else can I do? And I think yeah. that's really key in early sobriety that you're kind of looking for all the things you want it, you know, and that's why it's important for us, I think, to talk about this. And yes. And I, you know, it's, um, I know a lot of people are really scared about going to their first meeting. I was because mm-hmm. it was really admitting that, I mean, I, I felt like walking in was saying, yes, I, you know, I'm an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really was, it's it, the people, every meeting that I've gone to new meeting, people have been really nice. Um, nobody's forceful. I was kind of afraid because I thought, well, if I go and then I, it's going to sound silly, but if I go and then I, and then I decide I want to drink again, they'll see me. Right. It's a real thing, right? Like somebody's that sad girl that couldn't quit. It it, it screws up your drinking to go to an AA meeting. Like it just does, (laughs) which is a great thing. It's a great thing, and you actually. Live, and you live in a small town, Susan, too. I'm sure yeah. that factors into it as well. Yeah. Yeah. You really feel like people know what your business is. Yeah. <laughs> the first and time. I told less about that, so. Yeah, but the first time when I went, I saw someone I knew um, who ran a, a newspaper in my small town, and I was like, holy shit, I can never come back to this meeting. And then driving home, I was like, but he's at the meeting, so that yeah. means, wait, hold, hold on. And he's not going to tell anybody he saw me and I'm not going to tell anybody I saw him. So, huh, maybe. The, OK. And then I just things started clicking for how it works. But no, I, when I saw somebody, I was like, I'm never going back to that meeting. And I'd switch meetings. I would say I did that for the first two months. Just kept moving until I, I like found. them. I'm not against meetings. Um, and, and I do want to go again. I just I haven't made the time. 
for them. But well, our, we had a guest on um, recently that said that, that, what did she say, Sandra? AA is like child's pose in yoga. Like it's oh, always yeah. there. Like you can just go back to it. You know, you yeah. can always get yeah. back on your mat, go back to child's pose. It's just, it's there. It doesn't have to be, you know, have to be the whole thing. But okay, so you did that. You January 5th was your date in 2016. And um, yeah, for, for in terms of um, community and, and things, did you, so nobody in your town or didn't you have any in real life? Um, no, support? no, no, I really didn't. Um, I have to say um, the bad thing about um, alcohol for me, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, was that it really isolated me. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, it sounds strange. Like, how could you not have any support or friends? But I didn't. Yeah. Um, I was very quiet. And um, I just, I, this is even prior to... Um, my, my now family, that was a really dark time because I just, I isolated and I, I was living by myself and I just, it, it kind of, you just get it pulled into this dark place of isolation. I mean, I was able to get out of it, but, um, on my own, but yeah, it was hard to make friends. It's kind of small here. Um, I'm 55, so making new friends at my, you know, even in my 40s was difficult. But um, that's all changed. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Um, well, how, how how has that changed? Um, I don't. I I can't. I, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, um, I stopped. I don't. I stopped drinking and I, I, my whole life changed. Um, well, yeah, let's get, let's get into that. Like, yeah, how, how did you hear? I want to hear how it changed. Cause I have a feeling yeah. I know, but I want to hear you talk about that. Um, I, I just, I guess I just opened up. I mean, um, my, my confidence shifted and, um, I started seeking out, um, more like-minded people and I started to find them Mm. and, um, I don't know what it, you know, that's why I, it's hard to describe because I think I just, um, opened myself up to a new life Mm -hmm. and I think I changed. I think that's the big thing. Um, I, I changed inside and that like, like a book, opening a book and, Mm -hmm. um, I was just, I was just open and mm-hmm. people could come to, you know, and people could approach me and come to me and I was less afraid. So, um, it's like a slow evolution, right? Like this, yeah. you can't pinpoint it necessarily like, no. but, but I, you, but by being clear and present, um, yeah, it's not right. I mean, it is, it does have a lot to do with like you know, changing your mindset, but then it also, you change your body language and everything where you just feel like more receptive. I mean, I know that I was just so, when I was drinking, I was so cynical and judgmental. Yeah. And I did that, I think, to shut people off and to be separate and to isolate, like, no, I'm different than you. And, you know, I am not receptive to you. (laughs) And, 
you're right. Removing the alcohol really, um, it wasn't just, okay, I'm going to be a person. I'm going to be a human in the world now. It wasn't just, you know, a switch flipped, but it did. It became like a slow evolution where you're right. I felt like all of a sudden I was now open. I was open to conversations. I was open to opportunities, just open. Yes. Yes. And, and that's, you know, I, I, the two big things, and I think I wrote that on, um, on Tammy's, um, site. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ray of light was friendship and, um, returning to my, you know, art and, and they both have happened. So, well, when we take out, when we remove, when we remove that one thing, right. Which just seems like one thing, but like so many things change because of that, like the kind of cascade effect that that has in my life. Um, and I think that's true. I think that's hard to believe in the beginning for people who are sober curious or kind of just dipping their toes or just starting to figure it out if they might want to remove alcohol. It probably seems like these people are crazy. What are they even talking about that they have all these friendships and life is so good. I mean, it does. Well, it seems counterintuitive, right? Because totally. a lot of times you did drink to be social, you know? Yeah. I, and, and so it, it does seem counterintuitive, but the thing is when you drink to be social, you're so much in your head that you, you are, um, you're not fully aware of your interactions. Right. And, yeah. and you're always, um, does this activity involve alcohol? Right. <laughs> like, that's kind of a part that you're always thinking about. I, I have to say, um, when you, when I've gone to meetings and, um, and, and even when I did, uh, my therapy, uh, my therapist said, your life is going to change. And in AA, they say, you know, they say, if you kind of stick with the program or stick with sobriety, your life will change. And I was just like, like, how? Like, I, you know, no, I don't like, I just, they sounded like magical, but it mm. did. It, it does. It really does. And it's hard to believe when you're at the beginning, um, but it, do, it does change. It will change. It's, so it's almost like, um. I look back now and I know when you said it was a dark time, right, earlier in sobriety, and it was a dark time. I remember it was a very dark time in the beginning, but I almost look back at it very affectionately now um, because I, I was so eager. I was so present in my body. I could feel everything like times 100, um, which was really painful at times, but I felt alive for yeah. the first time, like in a really long time. And... um I think it's good to feel that way. And I think even, even if it hurts, you know, at least I was feeling and not numbing. I wasn't checking out all the time. So I think that it's this, it hurts so good in a way, you know, it yeah. just kind of, um, I don't know. It was beautiful. I'd never, I never had the chance to look at my life in the way that I do now. And that's why it feels like a rebirth or like, um, like a being reborn or something. It feels, um, and I think that can sound to people who are still drinking. I'm sure that probably sounds like utopia and like unbelievable, but it's true. It's yeah. true. It's true. Um, I wanted to just, um, when I, in my interview, when I asked you about some things like, um, you know, what, what modality did you use or what did you, how did you get sober? And I loved your answer so much. Do you mind if I read it? 
No, no. no. <laughs> okay. And maybe that's changed because this was in March of 2017. So maybe you've added in new things. But you said, I went to meetings and also discovered sober living blogs and po- podcasts. I also mm-hmm. realized that I could lean on things that have um, given strength, peace and knowledge in the past, such as art, running, the Virgin Mary, therapy, podcasts, Rumi, books, Young, Carl Young, um, my family tree, Buddha, nature, and who is this? Morahai Yeshiba? Uh, yeah. He is, um, oh, he's the founder of, now I'm going to, it's, oh, my, you know, a this, spiritual this teacher. Yes. Okay. I will, I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> That's you know, a spiritual Kita. teacher. He's, 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 um, I th- believe it's Akita. Okay. I'm saying it wrong, but yes, he's a spiritual teacher. Yeah. And then you said saints and a few other things I may be forgetting. I love that because it's like, there's so many things. There's not just one thing when we're recovering. And that's what I loved about read, you know, when I got to know you a little bit, I was like, I love it. She's, she's grabbing it all and trying it on her size and seeing what sticks. Well, and those things morph and change, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure you're listening to that list Susan, and you're probably like, I'm still into some of those things. Not so much. Now they've morphed into something else. Yes. Yes. Um, but they're always there. Yeah. And you can rediscover things. I guess it's just like, you know, grabbing life and knowledge. You Mm -hmm. you just, you know, again, being open to everything or a lot of things. Yeah. I think, I think I hadn't given myself permission in my old life to do that. It was always very, um, I was either, I guess it was fear or being afraid of trying something. That's why the judgment came in, right? Because I had to judge everything because I was afraid of it. But once I stopped drinking, I realized that slowly my mind started opening um, and I could try things on for size. Uh, For the first time in my life without, I mean, it still didn't feel super comfortable at first. But the longer this goes on, the more I feel comfortable with being open-minded. Because I wasn't so much, you know. And that's really, I think it's a really important part of... of, um, of being sober is being open. Yes. Yeah. Because you can, you can stop drinking, but your life can be the same. I mean, there is some control to it. You can still be, you can be um, sober and miserable. Right. For sure. (laughs) Right. I know people that are sober and miserable, but you're right. You're right. It's what you, yes, it's the change that you open yourself up to that's where you can experience true, a true evolution. Yeah, you, you're, I think you allow yourself to tap into something larger than yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, Susan, speaking of um, art and community, can you tell us about fostering art and friendship? I love that little meetup that you've started. Yeah, I I actually started it a long time ago. Um, I'd say like maybe five years ago. And um, I'm I'm a foster mom, and it was hard to. I I think a lot of children in the foster care system, um, you know, they have a lot of challenges, uh, social challenges, and um, you know, they have to go to new homes. So I thought art would be a good way just you know creating an art group and plus 
sometimes if you're moving from home to home, you can't join a group because you're only going to be there for a little while. So this mm. was kind of an in, you know, you can drop in. And um, I think I've told you, Ruth Asawa, the artist, mm -hmm. she starts a um, group in San Francisco. So she was kind of my mentor. Oh, and, wow. uh, but, you know, I, I talked to the DSS here and it just, it, flopped uh, mm -hmm. it just would not lift and then I talked to a local organization um, about a space and she I, she was like well you can't do that you, you've got to charge money you've got to um, you can't have visiting artists come in and and what are they supposed to do it for free you can't do it for free you you need a whole list of you know, your, your breakdown of your supplies and your time. And that's just like, whoa. She's so a negative, negative yeah. valley. <laughs> uh, but she was just kind of like, you you know, you need you, a business plan. Right. And, and she was making it very complicated. And you yeah. just did the simple little art meetup. I mean, I totally, I completely get what you, what you were proposing. Yeah. Just let's, you know, let's, uh, but, um, they ended up closing. So, um, that that uh, gallery, so that space wasn't available. I kind of put it to the shelf, like a lot of things. I put it in the back shelf, but it was still there. And then um, there's a community of caring group, and they do a monthly meal uh, from different uh, nationalities. So that woman, Diane, she invited me to do the Fostering Art and Friendship. And I did that there for a little while, and now we have a home with another woman, that Julie, who opened up a children's library, which is pretty awesome, in, in this tiny town, and that's where we're doing the art groups now. Oh, it found a home, the perfect and, home. You know, we, we, I don't need a budget. I, you know, I, right. I, it's, I can do it. it yeah. It, it, it's not that hard. Um, and people come, right? Yeah, it's been slow. For a while, yeah. it was just me and Kaylee and Julie, <laughs> but it's it's growing. That's the other thing. You have to give things time. Yeah, I know so, this. Yeah, we had quite a few kids the last few times, and, and now we want to do a parade. And um, I, For me, growing up, uh, books and art, they were like savior. They were the – if I hadn't had those things, I don't, you know, I don't know – what I would have done, but for me, they were so important that it's something that you you have and it can't be taken away from you. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to, I, I, I want to give to other children. Hmm. And um, and now it's opened up. It's it's all children. Anyone in the community can, can go. I love that. Well, yeah. I love that. And you're right. It, that is uh, that is opening it up like that is is fostering friendship, even yeah. if they just, you know, make a friend in that in that two hour span. Yeah. Yeah. That's everything and to so, a kid. And, and I, I, go ahead. Sorry, go on. No, no, I just children are so free when they're with their art making, you know, before their the self-doubt creeps in. It's lovely to see. Yeah, just make just make. Yes. Yeah, they have lots of ideas and they, they don't hold back. Like, it's so funny. You know, when you're working with kids, they're like, yeah, they get into everything. Adults are like, oh, no, oh, no, I can't get your, oh, no. And That's messy. That's, yeah. yeah. I don't do that. I can't do that. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's funny, that voice, right? It's so loud when we're adults. Yeah. Well, that's what I think, um, like, getting sober for me has allowed me to really do the things and make the things and try things that I told myself before I wasn't allowed to do, which I don't know when that started or why that started, but it, you know, it's kind of, and it's still here. I can't say that it's totally gone. Um, but to know that, like, I feel, I feel more confidence now that I'm sober, like you said earlier, that we could, that I can do those things. Well, I love that you do that. So how often do you guys meet, Susan? We're meeting every other week, mm-hmm. um, every other week, Saturday for children. And then a, on Thursday nights, there's just like a, a, a meetup, an art meetup for adults. And my goal is to... Um, I'll get into some nursing homes because I've been in some Mm -hmm. and they're there's some of them are just sad and they are sad. There's not, um, you know, I think bringing kids in the ones that want to come in and other adults and just making a community. And, and, and I, you know, I think, and doing art and big brushstrokes and just bringing a little at energy would be nice not that not that a lot of homes don't have that but um you know you can always use a little more (laughs) well how great would it be to be the lady that drives up or that shows up and that everybody's excited to see because they know you're bringing it you know what I mean yeah there was there was this lady that used to come to my son's preschool and her name was Lisa, and she drove this fantastic vintage blue car. I don't know what kind of car it was, but blue was her favorite color. And she also had a car that they would take to Burning Man called the Luna Pillar. So it wow. looked like a caterpillar. So she would, the kids would, when we did our little local parade, um, the kids would all get in the Luna Pillar and they'd go, you know, ride in it. But when she drove up and you could see her coming down the country dirt road on a sheep ranch and they would see the blue car coming, they knew they were doing art that day. Wow. And, and very different art than, than what his um, the director of his little preschool is, you know, who was fantastic and a lovely art teacher. But hers was very psychedelic and tie dye and bright colors. And just they looked forward to every week when she showed up on Tuesday. Like it was like mm-hmm. she was this whole being. So I imagine like you walking in with, you know, just you don't have to have the car, Susan. But you no, know what I, I mean? <laughs> like that they're excited that there's some life breathed back in um, and knowing that you can count on someone. Hey, Unruffled listeners, just popping in mid-show to remind you about our Patreon fundraising campaign. To date, we have produced over a year's worth of content and have over a quarter million downloads. We can hardly believe it. If you like what you've been hearing, you can be a patron of the show for as much as you'd like, even if it's just a dollar an episode. To donate, please go to www.patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Now back to it. So I wanted to ask you too, a little bit about um, you, when you lived in San Francisco, I want to go back a little bit. You you did woodworking and studied sculpture, uh, studied sculpture in San Francisco and woodworking um, at SUNY in Delhi. But what did you make? Like, what was your, what was your, um, was it all wood were your sculptures? Um, no, no. I, um, like a lot of sculpture majors, I, I ended up going into woodworking for a little while. It seems like a lot, most sculpture majors end up in doing woodwork. Oh, okay. But, but that was after. Um, 
I I went to uh, Academy of Art. I thought I would do um, graphic design, which was kind of safe because, you know, and um, uh, so I, I went and I was doing little things at night. I was doing like little Joseph Cornelli um, sculptures before um, I'm, I moved to San Francisco. And, and, um, but I didn't consider them art. They were just little things that I did. And I went to um, the Academy of Art, was in the graphics department. And then I just happened to wander down to the sculpture department, which was in the basement and it was like, this is it. This this is where I'm supposed to be. Because there was a lot of work on the wall, and that was it. So, yeah, I did the sculpture lab. You had, you know, uh, metal, wood. Um, I did a lot of found objects. I was really small still. I did some big pieces. Um, you know, they, they offer every, I did neon. There was a lot. Um, so you're using a lot of tools and, and mediums. Very cool. Well, and now you 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 tend to um, your medium is is textile, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of new. That started. Is it? Yeah. God, I love your little textile sculptures. Um, when I started making um, um, Halloween costumes for Kaylee, so 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 I've always sewn. I've always done hand stitching and things, but that kind of opened it up. And I um, and Martin was like, "You should, you know, why don't you try these uh, ephemeral um, butterfly wings?" Which I I never did, but I and then I took it to the pieces I'm doing now. So, well, you made a beautiful. Um piece for the recovery gals art exchange for sasha corellis oh yeah those were the pump <laughs> oh my gosh love the pom-pom um, piece <laughs> i i st- i have a box of pom-poms i mean i think sandra you'll relate to this i'm kind of all over the place you know oh I yeah <laughs> Same. i have this i have that and i kind of have to like figure out you know make a little time for everything the pom-poms i wasn't sure if she would like them but it was really good for me to do them. And it turned out that that's the funny thing I've noticed about the re- exchange is that it it really hits the person that you're doing it for. Even if it's it's almost like, uh, you know, that mental wavelength. Mm-hmm. So right. Much. Like they, the, the receiver will make some kind of connection to it, like whether it sparks a memory or or it it um you know triggers like just some current thoughts that they're even having you're right there's some kind of synchronicity about it yes yes yeah Yeah. i have been wonderful so well it's interesting your 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 um pom-pom piece that you sent i'll tell the listeners it's a rainbow of pom-poms right it's kind of like yes um My alarm's going off right now. Sorry to wake me up. (laughs) I'm already awake. Um, (laughs) My alarm on my phone's waking me up right now. Um, So, but Sasha Corellis, who you um, made the pom-pom piece for, she um, teaches at the um, Academy of Art University in San Francisco. So it's like the connection there, right? You guys got paired up and it was like, you know, small world. Oh, that is cool. I love that. That is very funny. 
I love that. <laughs> well, and and so so I have to ask this. So you you said that you have sewn all you know you've you've sewn for a long time, hand sewing and stuff. Did you um did you take that up when you because of thrift shopping and wanting to like alter your own clothes and stuff? Because you know we could chat about this for a yeah. long time. <laughs> yes, in yeah, high let's... school that started in high school, right? Um. Uh, I guess I started, I had a stepsister that did a lot of sewing. So I kind of learned that from her, but I wasn't very good with the machine. So I would hand stitch and, and you learn as you go along, but yes, I would buy thrift, you know, thrift store clothes and, and alter them and change them. And I still do that. I love it. I love the seam ripper. It's I do too. You guys are soulmates that way. All I ever did in sewing was make um, rectangular purses, like t- like tote bags. Like that's all yeah. I could. That's all I could really do. And skirts that had really bad waists. Right. You know, just like it was like well, a, like a sleeve. <laughs> right. And then and when you're working on something that you got at a thrift store, it's not like you're in for too much unless you like picked up a Chanel that you feel like you need to alter. But you know, you're you're not in. You're not out too much if you mess it up or if you, you know, cut it off too short or, or whatever. And, um, I just, that's one of my favorite things to do is to alter, alter thrift store clothing. Um, and the other thing, Susan, that you do in this way be interesting to our listeners. You make a lot of, of like tonics and elixirs and stuff to make your own kind of mocktail type or interesting drinks. You've been doing that for probably since I've met you. Yeah. Yeah. And I was that like talking about doing a, having a lot of things on the table. I was (laughs) uh, planning to try to do that as a business, but, um, I, I, that's on a back burner. Um, it's a great idea, but yes, go ahead. I know it's, it entails a lot of work. It's like, do I love it enough to start business or, or uh, I, and I'm not sure on that yet. Um, but yeah, I, that was a big, um, uh, that was a big tool for me when I first, um, stopped drinking. Um, and I made like a ginger mix with all different, um, you know, just the hot pepper and turmeric. And I would make that every week, a big pot and freeze it. And it became like, sort of like, oh, I need a drink when I would come home and Mm -hmm. it would be a ginger drink. And it really helped. And now I've kind of backed off, but I try other things too. Uh And did you mix it with like something fizzy or, or seltzer? So it would just, you know, I would make a big, uh, uh, um, a couple of bottles yeah and just mix a little um with with the seltzer I love that I love that because that's an option to us as long as it's not triggering you and it makes you thirsty for alcohol um it's a good alternative yeah and it kind of gives you something to do something to look forward to a little special you know drink and and it's just you know a little herby elixir thing and and a lot of us too I know everybody's palates are different some of us like more savory type things and not so sweet some of us tend to want sweet stuff um but I think that that's a great it's a great tool and I you know I I used to love I love the 
used to love the flavors of some alcohol. Like I liked the taste of whiskey and I liked the burn. And it's it's it was the taste too. So it was kind of searching out, you know, other flavors that would give me that pow sort of and and you can do that so Mm -hmm. uh, and it's fun it's creative you're in the kitchen I'm not really a kitchen person um but I you know I can go out to garden I can get the mint I can make um just you know just mix things it's fun so you know I may go that way I may not um, as far as making it into a small business, I'm not sure yet. Well, I loved the idea. And for our listeners, her idea was to make like a drink cart that would go to parties or weddings or whatnot and be like the, you know, the drink cart lady for non-alcoholic drinks. And anyway, I thought it was a great idea, for, but I understand. I think, um, you know, it's like when you, uh, that's a whole different, uh, business to set up when you're like making things for other people to consume you know those are different like regulations uh, regulations exactly. yeah. there's different rules. rules around that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> yeah it takes some of the fun out of it sometimes when right. it gets there right yeah. it's like oh there's more paperwork for this never mind well, yeah yeah <laughs> Well, it's different when you're when you're making something just to make it right versus making something and then there's all these other things attached to it. That's what I found recently that it's um, it takes some of the joy out of it for me. And then I was like, do I really want to do this for this you know end result or or do I want to just make? Does that just make me really happy? You know, to yes. to paint yeah. just to make just to be creative and not have to worry about keeping the edges clean because this might go in a gallery or this might do something that just it really shifts how I make. Yes. Um, I have a question for you about, um, I want to ask you how many years, or maybe this is the first year, but the 100 day project. I know that you did, you did one this year. Yes. And I'm loving what you're doing. And I was curious, is this your first year doing the 100 day project or have you done it before? Um, I tried it, I think a year last year. Yeah. You tried it. Mm-hmm. With the um the the uh, portraits. Yeah, I didn't get very far. Yeah, <laughs> it it was too. Um, it took me too long to do them. So. Yeah, same. I always yeah. seem to pick something that it's just takes too long to make the one thing, and so I it's it becomes impossible. But you picked the the perfect um, way to express that every day with just your little postcards. So I yeah. guess that's what you did. Yeah. Can you share what you made for the 100 day project and maybe oh. where you got that inspiration or yeah, I'd love to hear about that. I I've had a whole bunch of postcards that I've just had. I like, I've got a lot of old photos and postcards, um, that I've collected along the way. And I'm not quite sure where I got the idea. It, it was probably someone on Instagram. And I pro- um, actually, the also the, the um, and I'm so bad with names, the artist that she does wonderful stuff. She manipulates the photographs. She, I think she she's Italian and she lives in London now. Mm. Naomi, I, Naomi. Yes. Naomi yeah. Vona. Yes. I yes. love her work. I think that's why yes. I'm so drawn to yours too. Cause I'm like, I love, I love it. I love it. So, yeah. So I started to do, um, 
that and 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 um the lines the lines in the circles as you know so that's kind of do as doodling so um and and that's what happened i just every day would either actually do a collage with a story or they would just be doodles and it was pretty easy to do it um because you're just taking the size of a postcard, yeah, you're doodling awesome. over the top of it and making art. Yeah. We can, we'll share your Instagram if, if that's all right with you so yeah. people can see yeah. your project. Um, at the end of the show, we can do that. But I, so you would do that every day. How long would you say that it would take you to do this overlay over the top of the postcard? Um, sometimes it would be really fast, like 15 minutes. Sometimes it would be an hour, um, two hours it, de- it would depend like some of the ones that I was uh, like cutting out images I'm thinking of the the girl um I I took some old photos and I would post them on put put them in pictures and and paint them in they would take a little longer some of the swirls would take um you know some time or I'd get lost in them like making all those dots yeah I, it's sometimes it's hard to know when to stop because you could just, it's so meditative that you could just do it. You could fill up the whole image. Yeah. Uh, and I did that a few times. <clears throat> well, and I think this is a good idea for any of our listeners that, you know, again, uh, you, you, when we get sober, we're faced with all this time. If you felt like you're searching for your um, uh, creative place to land, that's a really accessible uh, way to dip into your creativity. Yeah, yeah. So just take an existing something, uh, even if it's um, ripped sheets from a magazine or, you know, books. collage yep. or old books. You're right. Um, an old, and yeah, you used old photographs and old postcards. All of that is really accessible to anyone. And just play, just play around. And I think after a while you do, um, that's what's nice about the 100 day, it becomes a habit. And you might start, um, you know, maybe duplicating what somebody else did, but then you start to find your own self. And and that's that was really nice and now those lines are moving into these fabric pieces that I'm doing it's like oh wait a minute they're that's they're here again so well you're translating right i mean yes I, that's what i love about art right you can be inspired by another person like i just naomi's work i love i mean i've been following her for a while and i i love her work and i think okay i didn't i didn't put those connections together but when you said that um, but I love the piece you did, the lady in the cathedral, the, a more recent one. It was towards the end oh. of your, with the cathedral as her face. Um, the collaged a, a cathedral, I think, on her face, and it was just so beautiful. Um, you said you can take the lady oh, out yes, of the cathedral, yes, but you can't take yes, the cathedral yes, out of the lady. Yes. <laughs> yeah. These are just stunning. I love it. Well, I like, I've only done the 100 Day Project once, and I did like having at the very end, you have a 100 pieces of art that you you can see the evolution when you look at it too if you keep it in any kind of order you can kind of go oh those were the early ones and these were what I got to at the end you can see your um, progress yes yeah and my daughter started to do them 
Oh. Um, she had fun. So we would. I loved hers. They were so yeah. sweet. <laughs> Quite a few. Um, the other thing that was great about that project is meeting other artists. And, and um, I met, a, you know, met, uh, um, Instagram met this woman in Philadelphia that was doing uh, really sweet illustrations. Um, so I recommend it to everyone. Yeah. Right. There you go. Just a whole nother community that yeah. you, yeah, that you just stumbled into. Yeah. 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 I just, I'm looking at all of Susan's things right now because they're so, they're so incredible, but you did, it looks like you did a really awesome poster um, or a promo piece for your kids art classes coming up that ha- it's from 1973 has the three little girls on the front. Oh, that says yeah. Art stars. Yeah. So you, yeah. it looks like you took that process and that, what, what you're doing to make that poster. I mean, that's so, it's an amazing piece. Oh, I love thanks. it. Yeah. I'm going to use that for a promo. I haven't I yet. It. I love yeah. it. Uh, well, I think in that you're right. The community, the, the unruffled podcast listeners created a hashtag called the unruffled 100. Is that what yes. it was? Okay. Yeah. It was not the, it was, oh, it was just, just unruffled. Unruffled 100, I think. So that's a hashtag if people want to look at it, but it's, there was so many wonderful um, people sharing, which was so yeah. fun to be able to check out and see. Yeah. A lot of people. Um, okay. So where are we at? I just want to look at our time real quick. Okay. We're at like an hour here. Okay, good. Um, Susan, is there, is there something that you're working on right now? Like, um, besides the 100 day project or, um, in fostering art and friendship, like it, it's your home with the, with the B and B and with the pig, which I love your pig's name. By the yeah. Way. <laughs> Mary Margaret. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's, that's slow. That's another, um, project on the side. Um, and w- what I'm doing now is, um, I am getting ready to uh, put a body. I'm putting together a body of work for a show. And <gasps> tell us about that. We just lost our breath. Excited. <laughs> uh, I did a show. I've never done a show. Hmm. I've never had a show. I'm 55, um, but you're having a show. I'm going to have a show, mm-hmm. and. Um, I've always done work, even as a little girl, not that I would have a show as a little girl, but um, I think when my earlier work, like from um, after art school, was always very emotional, uh, very based in emotions. So to show that work was really hard because I felt like... Yeah. And I felt like everyone would see what, what, what was in it. And I, I just, it was really hard for me. Plus I had a lot of anxiety and I, whenever I would do work, I would fight those demons of why, you know, why bother? I mean, every time. So it was, it was so anxiety inducing that I, 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 I never did a lot of work. Um, until I got sober <laughs> and, mm. and I also, my ther- my, with my therapy. So now, um, I just decided that it's time. It's kind of, you have to put it out there, mm-hmm. you know, it has to, it's not just for me and they feel less like babies, mm. like, you know, things to keep 
And um, so I met, um, I was doing this creative, and I still am, this creative dance class that's really awesome. And um, I met a painter there, and I I saw some of her work. She's in Delhi too, her work on Instagram, and it's really beautiful. And I said, do you want to do a show together? And she, she said, yes. Yeah. So we're trying to do it together. And the funny thing is, she's she's a bit younger. She's in her, I think, 40s or 30s. She's never had a show either for the same reason. And mm-hmm. she studied art as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's kind of like, wow, I think this was meant to be. So we're, we're encouraging each other. And so that's kind of what I'm focused on. Um, that, working towards the show, and the fostering art. What, 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 what is your medium for the show? Um, it seems to be a fabric, mm-hmm. um, fabric pieces and, um, maybe some collage. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when do you have an idea of when the show might be in case, case Sandra um, well, and I were in New York, is all I'm we, saying? We have a get, there's a, we've talked to a local gallery. They're in the process of moving. They may be, it may be booked out for like a year or so, mm-hmm. so. We have a little time yeah. and they're, they're helpful with new um, artists. And then I also talked to a friend and she, if that falls through, she would be interested. So I know it's going to happen. Are you revisiting old pieces that you've, that you've made and just hung on to? No. You're um, making all new stuff. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's changed. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I, I almost want to say the other pieces were a little different darker mm-hmm. um i i still have the, the very layered and um i still have that everything's layered but it's just changed mm-hmm. and i used to be very small and now it's getting bigger mm-hmm. and, yeah I, I see the correlation because you're like yeah i think that says something yeah. do you susan i have to ask you too do you think this has something to do with just getting older as well where you're just like fuck it if not yes. now when am i going to do this i yes. mean yeah you just have yes. less my care said, to give <laughs> yeah she's six years older than me uh marianne and she said you know i love the 50s because it's like i just you know like give a fuck sorry yeah no we're cussing the 50s are great i i you know it's like when you're in your 30s and 20s like 50 but um it's it's not bad i yeah and not drinking i feel more connected to my nine-year-old self before all that other stuff kind of happens when Mm. you're just kind of in your head in your head and you're yourself yeah and i'm reconnected i feel like that person again but mm-hmm. i'm in- yeah yeah you're you're right i never thought of it that way but you're right it's it you is like is reminis- age yeah it's reminiscent to that time where you didn't care what other people thought about you so much you oh. know and then of course the older you get the more you approach your teenage years, the, you know, the more self-conscious you got and you're right getting approaching 50 and even beyond you, you do, you reconnect back to that place where you just didn't care what other people thought. Yeah. You're not like, you know, you need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of your bills. Sure. Like I want to be an art star or I want to be this and I need to show people what you, that kind of falls away if you're fortunate. Right, right. 
you're less inhibited, you're less trapped by those things, trapped to like paralyzation by those things. You're so right, right about that. Oh, I love that. I'm going to write that down. I think it's so smart, Susan, too, that you are partnering with someone um, because it helps take the pressure off in terms of it just being a solo thing, right? Yeah. And it also, it's nice for, you know, not that you're collaborating on pieces, but someone to actually just, you know, if there is a fear, um, I just did a show with, for the first time with a woman from um, AA who asked me to do the, share the show with her. And I was like, oh, and it sounded so great to me in the beginning and I loved it. Um, And it was lovely to do it with her. That wasn't the problem, but my inner voice and my inner critic and diving into my drinking and the layers and translating that I thought everybody looking at the paintings like you said was going to know all of my grief and strife and heartache um from the paintings and when they I don't know if I wanted them to see that or not but when people would say things about the paintings I guess this is hard for an abstract painter I've heard this a lot when people walk up and be like oh yeah it looks like a dog and you're like it's not a it's not a it's not anything, actually. It's just a feeling. But it really bothered me, um, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. You know, is that they're like, oh, you live in Valley Ford, so that must be Christo's running fence that you, when he did running fence through your town. So that is that what that white thing, that white band is? I'm like, no, that's not. <laughs> yeah. or, you know, or when I did little tick marks, was, is that the bamboo on the Estero? And I'm like, no, those are like tick marks from how many days I was counting I was sober. You know, it meant... <laughs> So much more to me, and I didn't. I was not ready for those feelings. Um, yeah, but I'm after the show was. I said I was never going to do another show again. Susan is what I said. I think like as soon as it opened, but once it was done, my professor, my painting professor, who I greatly admire, she was like, "How about a group show? How about you just submit one piece to a group show over the next couple of years? Like save your paintings and just you did all the work. Like just submit them and see what it feels like to be part of a group." Yeah, and that felt yeah. safer to me. That felt like, oh, I could do that. Yeah, okay, I could do that. But I love I'll, it. I love it for you. See how it feels. Um, this it's nice because this is a gallery that's you know, it's it's not so much of a business gallery. They're just they're trying to you know their goal is just to be um, a creative space in the community. Mm-hmm. So it's a little less pressure. Yeah. Uh, and I was inspired by you, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I wow. you in your show, and I was like, yeah, I, I, you know, wanted to do a show, too. It was time. You know, yeah. it's time. Yeah. Out it, there. it feels, um, I mean, the whole thing about sobriety, I, I, I feel like it's this, this time to be seen and heard. And not in this totally ego-driven way. I, I just mean, like, we can take up some space, right? We can right. do the things we love, and it can be okay to put it out there into the world instead of us hiding and isolating. Um, and Sandra and I have been chatting briefly, and I hope we can explore this more about, you know, the difference between solitude and isolation. And, like, now I really love solitude. And that's right. so different than how it used to be when I would isolate. Yes, um, they are totally different. And I right. love, and I love, I love that difference. I think, Sandra, I think you had mentioned that in a brief phone chat or something mm-hmm. we did one time. And I was like, that is a beautiful distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, same about you brought up discernment versus judgment too. And um, getting older and being able to kind of look at what, you know, 
we can have discernment over things and it doesn't have to be judgment. It doesn't have to be this negative connotation. Right. Kind of of this brightness that, you know, that you're, that you're sharing here today, Susan, like in your sobriety and how um, life has shifted and how that's changing your art. It's changing the community that you're creating. Yeah. It's changing your relationships to other people and probably yourself. Right. I mean, yes, it's beautiful. It's really, um, that's the gift. That's the gift of being sober. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sandra, do you have more? Well, we could keep talking. <laughs> we could just keep talking forever. I'm sure, Susan, we could talk for a long time, but I know you've got to get going with your yes. day. So maybe we should ask you uh, what your three unruffled uh, toolbox items are. These are things that keep you uh, less agitated day to day, um, creatively or in your sobriety. Um, I actually have two lists and, um, if you don't mind, no, go ahead. Um, when, when, and, and I'm going to mention this just because if there's anyone, um, you know, newly sober or thinking about it, I'll share my lists that helped me at the beginning. Oh, good. So the beginning, my, when initially my, my toolbox was, um, for me, Alan Carr's Stop Drinking Now, um, the book with the CD in it, because I would listen to that all the time. Like when I wanted to drink, I would go upstairs and listen to it. And, um, you know, I'd say to Martin and Kayla, I'm going to go meditate. And I'd listen to it because I felt like I had to be doing something. And that helped. Mm. And I, I feel like it really, I think um, there's another woman um, that has... Uh, a take same kind of take on it Annie um Grace Grace yeah. she's you know a, a sort of a I don't know if it's meditative but that really helped and I I I think that took away that urge I mean I I that that's that itch um and um I li- of course lots of sober po- podcasts I just OD'd on those and um and then the ginger syrup drink seemed to help, and I, I therapy helped me a lot. Um, I'm done. I'm cured. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, my therapist tired, but she was like, after the, she's like, I think, I think we're done. And I was like, Oh, oh that's nice. Oh, okay. Um, so that helped me at the beginning, and my toolbox now, um, podcasts, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I. For me, it's the sober ones, the unruffled, um, uh, the 50 and beyond. That's Laurie. Massey Cott. Yes. Um, I I like the mental illness happy hour because um, I don't know if anyone's listened to that. No. Um, That's a good one. It's just... You know, over the years, I've I'll 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 get on a roll with that one and listen to it. It can be dark, but it's I like to tune into that one. And then uh-huh. I have creative podcasts and in you know, the Unruffled, <laughs> and uh, there's quite a few out there that I like. The creative pep talk, Darling mm-hmm. Witch, and Jealous Curator, that keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Um, community would be number two. Um, and that's in real life, my in real life connections, which I have now, which is, again, I just, it's amazing. And, um, and they're positive connections. 
Um, and um, the um, Instagram, I love Instagram. It's like having, when I was a kid, I had pen pals all mm-hmm. over. So Instagram is like having pen pals again. You're right. And um, my uh, the gratitude circle, um, mm. the slightly ruffled gratitude. Ah. Hi, girls. Um, <laughs> and that, you know, I that started with your um, on your on the unruffled um, Facebook page. I just I asked, um, does anyone want to do a gratitude circle? And there's I think there's like 15 in our group. But if anyone that's that's all you have to do. If anyone wants just ask and, yeah. and you're it's a great place to to ask. And I, and what's nice about it is a group can be big and the 15 you get to know each other and you really get a lot of support, which has been amazing. Um, and the other one is you'll laugh is alone time. (laughs) Yeah. About that. Um, and that, that can be, um, that's sort of, that's like my Instagram is a making hour. That's when I do my, you know, my creative work. Um, I t- kind of take a break from social media and it can be like just taking a bus ride or l- a walk at lunchtime, but I, I really need it. And, um, it, you know, my family, they know I've kind of always been like that. And, um, we're, we're, we're a house of sensitive people, the three of us <laughs> and I need that. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my toolbox. I love it. No, and you're right. The toolbox can change through your sobriety. So yeah, in early sobriety, it was different tools than what it is for you right now. But I love that. We'll we'll list both of those so that people can, so people can have access to that. Um, So if people want to follow you on Instagram, um, how do they find you? I believe it's, um, it's, I think it's Susan Sainsbury. I wrote it down. It's at Susan Sainsbury, S-A-I-N-S. B U R Y and then underscore. Yes. The uh, making hour. Yeah. And I have a, I, I have a personal one where I post personal photos and I don't know, eventually they may become one. Um, but yeah, the making hour is, is the, um, is the open one. I love it. Well, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes too. Okay. People, people want to see your work and this 100 day project that you did. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. so beautiful. I'm a blog and an Etsy shop, but again, those are things I, you know, I don't, I just let them take their time. I let them evolve as they evolve. Mm-hmm. That's a good attitude because otherwise you just, it becomes overwhelming and then you never do it. So yeah. Yeah. Someone was, I was chatting with someone about my procrastination. Um, I think it was Sasha Corrales actually. Yeah, it was. And she, and I was talking about procrastination. She says, well, what if you just looked at it like that was your intuition? And what if you, you know, that painting isn't ready to be finished because your intuition has told you that it's not ready, so you've put it off. That's you know? true. And I like that because I think with creative things, sometimes I can get, like, I mean, I am quite the to-do list person. And sometimes my create, you know, I have my creative life on my to-do list, which is so I don't forget things. Like, I'll jot things down in this little section. Yeah. But I can't. I know I can't tackle some of these things like I would, um, you know, it's not just an administrative thing when you're making art or um, trying to sell art. You know, I, 
for a while there, I was just getting into the groove of like, oh, well, this is the next thing you do. And then you put it on your website and then you, I'm like, well, wait, I don't know if I want to sell these. I don't know if I want to just kind of like you, you were saying with your elixirs and things that you're making. It was like, I don't know if I really want to put all my energy into that. Yeah. Even, even though it's a good idea and even though you love it, you know, so, so the, instead of looking at like procrastination, like I was putting off doing those things. It was like, maybe my intuition's telling me I'm not ready for that yet. Or that those paintings need to live here, right? Or those elixirs need to stay in your cupboard for you. Yeah. <laughs> and when sometimes when you go back to work, that's been you, you're. I'm always surprised that actually in my, in my subconscious, I've been working on those pieces. Um, mm-hmm. They, you know, they've been. I've been working on them mentally without even realizing it because it's back there, and then you you come back and it's like, wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's never it's never fully off, but if you if you can yeah. step f- step away from it, yeah, it probably yeah. you're working things out in your head. Take yeah. a bus ride. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, we were wrapping up the interview with Susan Saintsbury, and Tammy lost her power. Um, not like my her super- actual elect, elect <laughs> not her superpower. She still has those. Uh, she lost her electrical power, which turned off her internet. And so Susan and I were just chatting away and there was kind of radio silence coming from Tammy's end, which we know until, is not usual <laughs> until I said, okay, Susan, have a good day. And when we stopped talking, I said, I think Tammy went away. So, um, so it may appear that our interview just stops and it did, it just stopped. Um, yeah. so this is us now coming back to say, sorry about that, yeah. <laughs> but we were, we were closing it out. We were closing we were, it up. Yeah. Yeah. Small town living, um, mercury in retrograde, which I think is a thing with electronics. Thank goodness I got up so early and you got up so early and we started this whole thing early because we got the whole interview till the very, very end. Right. So sorry, Susan. Um, but we loved our time talking with you and she's such a great beautiful creative soul that it was really it was really fun and um she is wrapping up our summer or so <laughs> it's a good thing we should know the name of our series sober sister now summer that it's coming series. To an <laughs> we still don't know how to say it um but um she's wrapping it up so that's like the last and that was like i said it's been fun summer doing this with you sandra just kind of chatting with our girlfriends and learning more about them too I have loved it. I really have loved every single one. And I think, I think you guys have loved it because we have gotten a lot of great response, um, from the series. We've really enjoyed doing it and it's not completely different from what we normally do, but we do tend to interview some authors or people with platforms where Tammy and I have to do a bit of research, um, on our end. So this has just been a little more carefree, a little more relaxed, uh, like a little more of just a chit chat with people that we, women that we already kind of know. Yeah. Sorry. I almost, I'm interrupting you today. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I think also what I wanted to say was that, um, if we hadn't done this, I don't know that we could have, I could have committed to doing the podcast every week. It would have been 
too much for the summer yeah. yeah yeah and so i hope that the listeners enjoyed it i think they did too just from the feedback we've been getting in the fa- secret facebook page for the podcast um and so i yeah it's really it really flowed and worked nicely and i i, I think it helped ease me up on the interviewing too because i get a little nervous um to chat with some people sometimes and this really was a great practice for me every summer to kind of relax and have it be more conversational. And our guests were just so lovely to um, to come on and let us do that. So it's been good. It's been good. I agree. I agree. Well, in closing this Sober Sister Summer series, <laughs> uh, we have a few asks, right? Yes, yes. We are hoping that you guys can pop over to iTunes and give us a rating or a review for the show. That would be really great. Um, I know that these numbers mean something to someone um, when we want to try to get advertisers, which we haven't really pursued because we have um, a really nice Patreon account that you guys are um, contributing to. But I know that it matters. And um, I think in the fall, I'd like to do a little more research and trying to figure out how iTunes can feature us. Um, you know, we have our we're almost up to 300,000 downloads now. And right it's there. just happening so fast. It's really people mm-hmm. are, are listening and um, supporting the show and really great. You guys are sharing the podcast, too, which yeah. even that little thing mm-hmm. uh, helps a whole bunch. Um, we love it when you guys share uh, interviews that you've enjoyed on Instagram, share them in your, you know, your other secret sober groups on Facebook yeah. that we really, really appreciate it. Yeah. And with the re- I know we don't we me so I manage the Instagram account for the unruffled and I want to be transparent because I'm on Instagram a ton it's hard to manage two accounts so I really just use that page to post the interview um, and a link to our show so that people can find it easier but the the image is there and the the description of the show is there if you ever want to repost that on your page and share that it's all ready to go for you there and the link is always in our bio um and that's for all of our shows are listed there. So it's just a general link to the Unruffled podcast. Um, and we'd really appreciate it. And, and tag us. You know, we love seeing that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Anything yep. else, Sandra, to wrap up our summer? I mean, it's been a good summer. We're going to chat about <sighs> that in our next episode. You and I are going to do yes. it down and dirty about our summers and share it all. Yeah, no, I, I have nothing. I'm just except a lot of gratitude. A lot of gratitude for the summer. Yeah, me too. It's been a really nice relief um, to just be home and to be able to record these with women that I feel really comfortable with. And and you, Sandra, I'm really grateful for you as well. So thanks for doing this with me. Yeah, same. All right. Enjoy the last hurrah of summer. And I will, we'll chat back here. We'll, um, our episode will be on Labor Day. Okay. Yay. Okay. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.